mano a mano live. Cuéntame, mi negro. Happy Monday, everybody. It's Monday. It's HCP is War. It's Mano a Mano Live with Kenny T. And this week, uh, none other than El Capitan of HCP himself, the one and only quarterback, Mr. D Style Boxing. Uh, thank you so much for joining us live, D Style. D Style's in El Paso. Kenny's uptown, baby in Washington Heights, and I'm also uptown, but I'm coming to you live and direct from the South Boogie Down Bronx. Uh, we've got a great show lined up for everyone. I want to thank everyone who tuned in early. First into the building was Samster. We had Pugilism up in here as well. Elisa Feliciano Bertuoso and the rest of the crew, including Chicano Prophet and the one and only Nando Yamas. Let's not forget Mr. I Don't Want channel as well. Guys, let's get started. Uh for the weekends of fights? Yes or no? Definitely was a good weekend. Ain't, ain't, ain't that right? Solid. Solid. I'll say solid. I'd say it was solid as well. And uh look. Let's get the first fight that we want to discuss this week out of the way. Uh, Kenny wasn't with us for roundtable or roundtable, uh, well, just roundtable this week. So I want to get his thoughts on a couple topics we touched upon last week. But uh, we got a big fight this weekend. We got Stephen Fulton Jr. We got Brandon Figueroa. We've also got Release Aline, who I think is a top, top guy at 122 pounds fighting. Desal, let's just start off real quick with this weekend's fights before we get into what are considered the big topics of discussion, um, you know, involving some of the star players in the sport. Uh, yo, Figueroa, Fulton Jr., 122-pound unification fight. Uh, Figueroa obviously stripped of one of his titles, but he's carrying one of them at least into the ring, the WBC title he took from Luis Neri, a fight that I called correctly. Uh, one of the few and only to do that. But he's taking on Stephen Fulton Jr. out of Philly. Diesel, what, what are your thoughts on this fight going into this weekend? Well, he was stripped of a title that I don't recognize as a world title anyway, the regular. But 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 th that aside, I'm actually not going with the conventional wisdom. I'm not going with the favorite this week. I actually do believe that Brandon Figueroa is the truth. I do think Brandon Figueroa, it's not going to be easy, don't get me wrong, but I do think he's going to edge out a very close, tight decision in what should be a fight of the year candidate, in my opinion. This should be a hell of a fight. And Fulton is no joke. I'm not, I'm not predicting this because I think Fulton isn't good. I just think Figueroa's size, uh, his, his, I think he showed us that he could apply some very relentless pressure, has some really good stamina. Now, granted, I acknowledge and I'm, that Neri, you know, had some issues outside of the ring and all that. But nonetheless, you know, it's still a solid win for him to beat a guy like Luis Neri, who I thought was capable of so much more. I got Figueroa winning this, man. I, I think Fulton might be ahead after the first seven rounds or so. 
But then I think Figueroa will take over. I think Fulton's going to get tired. And, and I think, and probably a controversial uh, decision, but I do think Figueroa is going to win. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Let's go Brandon, baby. Let's go. You know what I mean? And not in the way that's out there. I, I, I literally mean it. Well, yeah. Uh, not everybody likes the president. Um, you know, it's a free country. People could think what they want about those in the annals of power. But uh, we've got uh, Sucker Punch Politics tomorrow with Joe Habib. Tonight we're talking boxing. Kenny, Brandon Figueroa, the heartbreak kid. Will we be seeing sweet chin music on Saturday night? Will he be the showstopper? Um, I don't know, honestly. Um, he the guy is very powerful, and he does seem to be relentless with his force. Uh, but uh, Stephen Fulton, man, uh, he's got a lot of head movement. He's got a lot of defense, and he throws punches and bunches. He's not necessarily powerful, but his punches have enough power to stop the man in his tracks and stop him from coming forward just for that one second that he may need to catch that breather. I don't know. If he's going to get tired or not, uh, as my uh, experience watching these fighters is very, very limited. I don't know if he's going to get tired or not. From uh, the eye test, from my eye test, I actually got Stephen Fulton winning a 12-round fight uh, because, I, you know, it's good. I think the only way that Figueroa is going to win this fight is by knockout. And it's going to take what D-Style said for Figueroa to win this by knockout, which is going to be Fulton to get tired. And I don't know if Fulton's going to get tired. The guy, he plays a very smart game where he doesn't overexhaust himself in the punches he throws. He's very controlled. His defense is good. His head movement is good. I got Fulton winning this by 12, man. Fair enough. I respect that. So it's one and one. It's down to my to be the uh, the tiebreaker in this situation. Look, I think this is an even fight. I think both guys bring unique skills and qualities to this contest. Stephen Fulton Jr. Stephen mm-hmm. Fulton Jr. is out of Philly. Uh, he proved in his last fight against Angelo Leo, um, a guy whose only chance really was to stand there and trade with Fulton Jr., that when needed, when he needed to, he could stand there and trade. The problem with that going into this fight, not that it's a big problem, but the difference here is that Angelo Leo is not Brandon Figueroa. Uh, There was a reason I picked Brandon Figueroa going into the last fight with Luis Neri. The dude's got a tremendous ticker, man. His cardiorespiratory endurance is super impressive. His punch output, his relentlessness. I think that those intangibles go a long way. And... As good as I think Stephen Fulton Jr. is, I also think St- Brandon Figueroa is a great talent in the sport. People say, oh, well, Maestro, he gets hit too much. Well, I haven't seen him get knocked down. I haven't seen him get knocked out. I haven't really seen him get hurt. So maybe he'll start taking punches when he, you know, uh, actually needs to respect the power of his opponent, something that he, as of yet, doesn't really seem like he's needed to do. It's very difficult to stop a relentless attack. Think about Vernon Forrest, Ricardo Mayorga. It was a relentless attack. Think about Adrian Broner, Chino Maidana. For that matter, think about Floyd, Chino Maidana. Relentlessness is 
a very big quality, a very big positive in the sport of boxing. And it's something that I think Brendan Figueroa has in abundance. I was right once in a fight where he was the underdog. I'm going to go with him again. You know, uh, I'm flipping a coin on this one, but I was right last time. You know, I think he can do it again. He's also taller. He's got a, a longer reach. And, oh. you oh. know, oh. look. Knockout, knockout, 12 rounds. I see it I see it by, by split decision, um, perhaps controversial decision. You know, look, at the end of the day, Stephen Fulton Jr. is a guy who not that long ago took a guy that was 61 with 49 losses to a unanimous decision. You know, he's a guy who took Paulus Ambunda, 12-round decision. Uh, Arnold Kegai, unanimous decision. Man, that's what he does. That's, so, what, that's, what, that's what he does. He's a 12-round fighter. That's what he does. And on, and on Saturday, he's taking on the showstopper, the main event. It might just be sweet tin music Saturday night. And it might just be the night for Brandon, the heartbreak kid, Figueroa. These Starbucks jump on in when you're ready. I, I, are you itching to say something? Well, well I just wanted to, to, to ask this to Kenny. And look, Kenny's not crazy for picking Fulton. I mean, could Fulton win this fight? Absolutely. Um, but I'm picking a very close, possibly even controversial. Like, I think people are going to be kind of debating it, you know. But you're right. Like, Fulton knows how to pace himself. He knows how to control the ring. But what happens if he can't control it because of the relentless pressure, the that the relentlessness, as Meister put it? Like, do you think that that can give Fulton some problems if if it, he feels overwhelmed after a couple rounds? You know what I mean? I mean, definitely. Look, uh, honestly, that's what I expected Sean Porter to do, but he didn't. You know, and uh, yeah, that relentlessness can be difficult. But then, you know, to every Sean Porter, this is Terrence Crawford with the good counter and the good head and body movement that has a relentless diamond grand knight type of chin. I'm not saying that Fulton got that. Fulton is a 12 fight, 12 round defensive fighter that lands his shots here and there. He He's not going to knock the guy out. It's all going to depend on how good Fulton's legs are. You know, if his leg movement and his head and body movement can't, if he can't continue doing that for 12 rounds with throwing enough shots to just keep the guy off him, yeah, then it's going to go bad uh, uh, down route for him, and, and it can definitely be a brutal KO. But it, like I said, it depends on the conditioning. And, and from my experience and wisdom on these guys and the tape that I've watched, it's, I don't think it's enough for me to judge whether he's going to last and his conditioning is going to last. <laughs> just based off of the, the skill that I've seen, that's that's where I get Fulton from, but yeah, definitely I could definitely see Figueroa, uh, Figueroa uh, winning this by KO. Uh, I, I maybe even twelve rounds, but I think KO is more possible for Brandon. Yeah, it's 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 a possibility. You know, you've got uh, two titles, you know, hanging above the ring. You know, ladder, ladder in the middle. You know, will it be the heartbreak? Oh, sorry, that was the wrong fight. My fault. Uh, here we go, Nando Diamas. Let me do that again, because that was not good for Nando. I got to get Nando done properly. There we go, Nando. Nando says, saludos, everyone. Finally, some good fights on Showtime that don't cost an arm and a leg. Oxen. I agree. 
I definitely agree with that. Uh, speaking of fights that cost an arm and a leg and fights that didn't uh, this past weekend, let's go to the one that didn't cost an arm and a leg. Uh, it was a car taking place in Manchester, New Hampshire. Um, not a very big city. Took place on the campus of a university there, I believe Southern New Hampshire University, for, for those who know about that. Elite institution of higher learning in the Northeast. Uh, Bubu Andrade uh, took on a gentleman out of Ireland by the name of Quigley uh, in the main event. Uh, Two-round stoppage, uh, knocked him down multiple times. It seemed to me like Quigley was overmatched. And uh, for the first time, honestly, to give Andrade credit, you know, A, you know, he came out with the Cabo Verdean uh, musician and flags and was repping that, which was honestly a little bit different, you know. And uh, then he actually did what he should have been doing in other wins, which is absolutely obliterate lesser tier opposition. He did that Saturday night. He did it in two rounds. Is that enough, Kenny, for him to be demanding the big fights against uh, the likes of some of the top names at 160 and 168 pounds? Before I even dive into the answer to that question, I'd just like to say that I don't know what the zone and their casters uh, were thinking when they were saying that if he got the knockout, that that was going to make other people want that fight so much more. And, bro, knockout has nothing to do with it. No, that's not going to make other people want to fight him that much more um, the, <laughs> at all. Like, Probably uh, less, right? Yeah, I mean, not, I don't know about less, but, but it's like <laughs> – <laughs> he, I don't know. I don't, Quigley isn't that big of a of opposition, isn't that like? I don't think Quigley was experienced enough to be fighting Andre Andre to begin with. But he says nobody wants to fight him, you know. Uh, <laughs> if 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 he wants to uh, make himself someone that people want to box, yo, just start fighting everybody. Start fighting a bunch of times a year. Start like. Stop only chasing Canelo and Triple G and big money fights. It's, it's, it's big money. Ain't, big money fights aren't doing it for Andre. His his career seems like it's just gonna go down the path that it's been going, fighting secondary and tertiary level fighters because the top level fighters don't want to fight him, which we don't know because we're not there signing contracts or getting contract offers. Everybody could talk whatever shit they want to talk, but nobody knows what's actually going down. Hell no, that knockout does not make people want to fight him more. It doesn't do anything for him. I don't think Quigley should have been in the ring with Andre to begin with. You know, it's that simple. Uh, it, it, me thinking as if I was a fighter, if I was a boxer, would I fight Andre for not big money and potentially get frustrated in the fight of chasing a guy around in the ring that doesn't potentially doesn't want to fight, you know? And as fans, do you want to watch a guy who's just going to knock a guy down and fight lesser opposition and never really do a brutal job? And when he does knock him down, he looks sloppy knocking him down, you know, with his overhead weird punches and his funny looking body punches that if he faced any great level opposition would just take a step back when he takes those long body punches and rock him right in the face, you know, I don't. I, I just. I, I don't see it going well for Andre, unfortunately. And I'm not hating on the guy. Skillful. He just. 
he needs to start fighting everybody and 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 even if it's for lesser money than he thinks he deserves fight everybody now and demand the bigger money later before i get to ud style i just want to show a graphic that i teased a second ago show it here right now uh you know we're looking at the rankings here at 160 pounds and to kenny's point i mean jason quigley was ranked number 10 i mean you literally had nine guys ahead of him and that's just in the wbo rankings um this wasn't exactly a top contender you know in fact jason quigley does not even appear in the top 10 of the WBC, the WBA, or the IBF. Um, in fact, he doesn't, com- you know, he doesn't appear anywhere in their rankings in the top 15. Funny enough, Amir Vidal does. He's a top-rated, you know, prospect of the year in, in my eyes, but we'll digress from him and go to somebody else. The fact is, this was not a serious, credible opponent. Um Yes, he blasted him out of there, but this was the number 10 ranked guy in the WBO. Canelo, which who we're going to get to later, is getting criticized for taking on a champion at one, uh, sorry, at 200 pounds at cruiserweight. By the way, he's being criticized by Andrade for that. Uh, Andrade just took on the 10th ranked opponent in the WBO. So, I mean, Janabek, uh, Esquival Falcao, Danny Dignam, Kanat Islam, David Papat. Apparently, none of those guys were high enough, so we had to go all the way down to to, to Jason Quigley. Adistal, what is the significance of this win for Boo Boo? There is no significance. Um, and, and, and forgive me, I was a little distracted by seeing Sergio Martinez's name. In the top three in the WBA, I'm like, wait, what? Yeah, is there another Sergio that's like up and coming that we don't know about, or is this the same one legged Sergio Martinez? Is that, is, that, is that who that is? Oh, he's right there, uh, right behind Magomed Madiev and Chris Eubank. <clears throat> for those, right now, now I want to remind everybody now, you'll see like, like Jaime Munguia, I guess, is ranked below Sergio Martinez right now in 2020. That's whatever, but he was number eight of one organization that could be number 40 okay let me just just think about that so all i gotta say is um it is time ladies and gentlemen it is time in the words of chris mannix for the biggest fight in all of box this is sergio martin what's this charlo versus Andrade. there is no bigger fight in the entire sport of boxing then Andrade versus Charlo. I want to know how many 20s did Andrade slip under that table in a fighters meeting to Chris Mannix is what I want to know, right? Hey, uh, you know, I mean, you know, you know, uh, my fight with, with Charlo will be big, huh? You don't think so? I think it'll be a great fight, actually. Uh, you, you know, you know, you know, um, you know, if, if you said it was the biggest fight, I mean, I would definitely appreciate it. You know, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just saying. Um, yeah, I don't think so. Okay. Um, it just, it's nothing to say about it. And, and to Kenny's point, him getting the knockout, all I'll say is this, it's going to make people say, we never knocks anybody out. So how good was that guy? It's, it's, that's all it's going to make people say, you know, it's not going to make people say, oh, he's fighting better opposition all of a sudden. 
Andra years ago avoided the fight with Charo. I think it was Jermel. Didn't want to fight him because he wanted to wait for it to become a bigger fight. That is a story of Andrade's career. Okay. You let opportunities pass you by, right? Guess what? Opportunity always gets in the fast lane and always passes you every single time. And you're not going to catch up. Andra needs to make a big move. Okay. You got Jaime Mugia right there. Fight him or make the Charlo fight happen. That's that. Stop living under the shadow of Saul Canelo Alvarez. Well, Canelo hasn't fought a middleweight in years. In the in the words of a famous philosophical mind whose name escapes me, you know, I thought after watching that fight, honestly, the the, the word that came, the words that came to me were "whoop de fucking do." I mean, you knocked out quickly. Um, knocked him out quickly too. Yeah, he did. He knocked him out real quickly. Um, you know, look, I used to be honestly a lot more empathetic with. Demetrius Bubu Andrade, um, before I heard an interview he did with our, 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 our comrade in, in, in arms over here on HCP, Joe Habib on Ringside Reporter, his channel, you know, Joe Habib straight up asked him if he had any interest in fighting Murata in Tokyo, in Japan. By the way, Murata's a world champion. By the way, Murata's an Olympic gold medalist. By the way, Murata sells out arenas. By the way, he's blockbuster on Japanese television. By the way, he's a national hero there. Uh, his response was, no, nah, I'm not going over there. He should come over here to, to Providence to fight me. And I'm putting in the words, at the Dunkin' Donuts minor league hockey arena. Um, I'm adding that to the sentence. Are you kidding me? I mean, he just doesn't seem to really get it. You're in no position to criticize Canelo. You're in every position to criticize Charlo. Charlo's got all the same issues you do. He's got zero names on his record. That, that Char Charlo got better names than him, though. Got slightly better names than him, but slightly, yeah, yeah, but not no names that should be that should be like, oh, Canelo, he's ducking, he's dodging. Look at look at Canelo slipping these these contract offers. He don't want the smoke. Uh, really? <laughs> the guy's going up to fight a fucking cruiserweight. My master, you know you know Canelo was trembling in his knees. You know he was just trembling when he saw what he did to Quigley. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean they wouldn't even <laughs> sanction Canelo Quigley. That that's <laughs> much of a mismatch that would be. In fact, if Canelo fought Quigley. Uh, the promoters and the state commissioners would be up on serious charges. Uh, it would be like Kyle Rittenhouse all over Court TV, MSNBC, CNN, and all these cable news outlets. That's how bad it would be. Let me get to this super chat real quick. Slight tendencies, 87, con el super chat. Muchísimas gracias, señor. Slight tendencies, te agradezco mucho, camarada. Shots out, uh, shots out, Maestro, and my man D-Style panel question. Got to ask what you thought of Bob Arum's public firing. Also, Andrade is cap. He just don't get it. All right. Uh, good question. Uh, Great let, question. Let's go to that right now because there's a lot of interesting stuff that happened in that post-fight. Uh, we can actually do this in reverse order. Let's talk about the post-fight. 
since the question came up, and then we can talk about the fight itself. Let's first start with, I'll go to you first, D-Style. Terrence Crawford essentially saying, I'm done with top rank with Bob Arum, Mr. I could have bought a mansion in Beverly Hills for what I'm paying you, standing right beside him. Well, that came to mind. I mean, look, I mean, you you reap what you sow. So, so at the end of the day, if you're going to talk like that about fighters, you know, then it is what it is. So to be honest with you, I don't think Crawford was rude about it or anything. He just said, hey, I'm moving on. I wish him, I wish everyone the best, but he couldn't secure me the Errol Spence fight when I was with you. I mean, why Why would he do it now, pretty much? I, that made clear to me, if it wasn't clear before, he wants Errol Spence, you know. And to me, it was just one of those, like, yo, it's nothing personal, but you couldn't get the job done, so I'm going to have to go do it myself. That's what That's what it sounds like to me, and that's what a person should do. If you want something done, you do it yourself. And that, that that's what Crawford is doing in this situation. Okay? And, and he, he, it's just funny that he's basically, in a nutshell, revealed like, like that he's been wanting Spence. Like he's firing his promoter because his promoter couldn't get Errol, the Errol Spence fight for him. Okay? So if, 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 if it's ever been a question like, oh, does, does Crawford want to fight Spence? And yes. He does. And, and, and that's what I want to say about that. I just think it, it, the optics of it, like it, like if you don't know who Aram is and you just watch that, you kind of feel bad for the old man, you know? Like, ah, poor old dude. Like, like he's, just, he's just sitting there taking it. But, like, man, Aram's been there before so many times, bro. He's been fired so many times. That dude don't give a fuck, bro. Like, he's going to count his money. To, that dude's count his money today for what he made last night. Or, or on Saturday, so he's he was good. Bragging, bragging about the fact that he was making off money, money off Teofimo Lopez for not having to do anything about it. Matter of fact, I know this is a Teofimo hater channel and show, but both Kenny and I were were very uh, supportive in Teofimo trying to get out of the top rank uh, situation. In fact, Next Level Boxing Talk, who apparently didn't want to show up to debate uh, Kenny after challenging him. Um, was on the side of Aram, and we were on the side of Teofimo Lopez. Uh, building off of that, Kenny, what's your opinion of top rank and, and of what Terrence Crawford did after the fight? Uh, I think he did exactly what he should should have done the first time his contract with top rank ran out. He shouldn't have waited for a second time. Uh, his career was waiting was being wasted the first on the first contract of top rank. They took him as far as they could take him, and the first contract was done. They had the one forty pound division on lock, and they did that amazing for him. That's great. After that, time to get the fuck up out of there, and move on because Bob Arum wasn't able to do anything for him at one forty seven when he resigned that contract. I was upset because, I, you know, I'm a fan, fan of boxers. I'm a fan of boxing as well as I commentate and talk my shit. You know, I thought it was stupid. I'm like, damn, this is such a this is holding boxing back. Because we could have seen Errol Spence and Terrence Crawford probably years ago, you know, but he signed the top rank and that wasn't going to happen. And, you know, uh, it gave Errol Spence the chance to give the excuse of you on the wrong side of the street and all this other stuff. I see. I mean, stuff that I see as an excuse because it, it seems that now, as late as if Bob Arum is willing to work with PBC and Al Heyman, he said that in a recent interview of his that I saw. Um, 
I think that Terrence Crawford should just remain a free agent. He shouldn't sign any long-term contract with anybody. He's at that level right now where he can do that. He gained the notoriety from this Sean Porter uh, uh, fight. People say he couldn't sell seats and with tickets and yada, yada, yada. I'm damn sure he could do it now. Um, and it's time for him to do his own independent thing and call his own shots and try to take his career to the next level independently. He doesn't need to sign with anybody long-term. Long-term is, is just going to hold him back because he's going to do with the same wrong side of the street bullshit for the rest of his life. Uh, do what Canelo's doing after he left the zone and got, did that whole uh, lawsuit thing. Be a free agent. Chase all the belts and all the divisions that you may possibly want on your own terms. You yeah. Know? It's time for TBC Entertainment. Terrence Bud Crawford Entertainment. You know, everybody got their own entertainment. It's time for him to drop his entertainment label and, and do it on his own. You mean like takeover promotions? All these promotion companies. You know, Gervonta Tank Davis promotions. Uh, uh, the money team promotions. Every every fighter. Sweet hands promotions. <laughs> so okay. I mean, co-promotions. Anyways, look. Uh, it might be a little bit more difficult, honestly, for, for Crawford than Canelo because as great as he is, he doesn't carry the weight that I believe that Canelo does um, and isn't the payday that Canelo is and that people are chasing in terms of Canelo. People want Canelo. They want a Canelo fight. Like, they're rolling out the red carpet for this dude and doing everything short of filleting him to get him to sign you know, to fight people. I don't know if that's going to be the same with Terrence Crawford, to be honest. Um, that's my only concern if I'm Crawford, and it's something I have to think about. Not because yet. I could see the PBC just deciding to freeze him out and act like he don't exist, something that they've actually done already to the point where they didn't even put him up on a graphic of world welterweight champion. So I'm not saying that will happen. I just don't know 100% if he can do what Canelo's been doing, uh, and that's leverage his name and his marketability and his his bankability uh, to get big fights and go from promoter to promoter. But look, not let's, yet. Let, not, let's get to the other post-fight issue of the day. I'm going to play it. I'm going to let you guys respond. What prompted you to stop the fight tonight? Honestly, his preparation. He didn't prepare like I wanted him to prepare. So that's just... You know, that just makes me say, you know what? I don't want him in that situation. He fought a great fighter. The guy's super sharp, and he's at a deficit. It's like fighting this guy blindfolded. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go in on this last. Kenny, let me go to you first. I think he was uh, trying to find a way to make excuses for his son uh he he was trying to find a way to not say well you know he lost because he had an injury or he lost because he's just not good enough he was try trying to find an excuse and his excuse was oh well you know the preparation the training he blamed it on sean porter's wanting instead of the guy's just not good enough to beat terrence crawford which is the truth you could have just gone instead he tried to find a scapegoat and I think it made him look like shit. The fans were clearly upset. You know, um, it was stupid. Sean Porter, it, 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 luckily, he's such a respectable son because that was my dad. I bet, yo, get the fuck off the camera, bro. Like, I, 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 
And, you know, it's disrespectful, bro. How are you going to just, you're supposed to be bigging me up, not not bringing me down. You're my dad, bro. What, what are you doing? It, it, it was just stupid, uncalled for. And I'm glad that Sean Porter retired. We don't get to he- see any more of the stupid son-dad personal relationship that's always on YouTube making Sean Porter look soft. Let's see how he moves forward training the rest of his fighters or the rest of the fighters that do want to train with him. Let's see what happens moving forward. He we we gotta erase this one off his history because this is the, the dumbest shit he's ever said, and it's all off of off of a personal excuse. It wasn't even business, a personal excuse. So I should have queued that up a little bit better. That was obviously Kenny Porter, Sean Porter's father, giving post fight press conference uh answers, or not press conference, but post fight in ring interview answers to uh, Bernardo Asuna was asking him about why he stopped the fight. Uh, before I get into my thoughts on that, I'm going to go to a super chat. We've got El Tito Boxeo Crawford hasn't been able to sell, but I think Spence is the dance partner that he needs to get the sales everybody wants uh, for that fight. I, I agree. Um, I'm actually interested to see in seeing how this pay-per-view sold. Uh, maybe by tomorrow night on 8CP, hosted by the one and only D-Style Boxing, we'll have a clearer idea of that. And if not, then hopefully by the HCP roundtable on Thursday, and then we'll be able to Wednesday. give sorry Wednesday this week, yes, because of Thanksgiving. Thank you, D Style. Wednesday on G Funky Boxing, um, maybe we'll get to the to the bottom of that a little bit. Uh, but D Style blamed it on the preparation. Uh, what were your thoughts when you heard Kenny Porter, Sean Porter's father, give that response to right. Bruno? Well. That makes no sense. So why did you stop it the first time you got knocked down? Why did you wait until the second knockdown? Right? Uh, that's that'll be the first thing I would say. That makes no sense. Okay. They're like, oh, I stopped it because you got knocked down twice. But I did it because I remember the week of training, you know, you were looking at the clock instead of listening to me. So I had to stop it. You know what I mean? Like, wait, wait, wait a minute. So what happened here has what to do with this, you know? Nah, bro, credit to Andre Ward at the comfort of his own home, you know what I mean, doing this thing. Housegate, you know, hashtag Housegate, said it best. He stopped it because of what was about to happen. That's why he stopped it, okay? But what did he do? He planted seeds of doubt on the boxing fan and, and everybody else. And now Spence could say, "Oh, I got the better version of I got I got a uh, you know I got a Porter that was prepared. Crawford did it. Oh uh, man, Porter probably wasn't even fifty percent, and he was giving Crawford a hell of a run. I, I mean, imagine he was hundred percent. He might have beat Crawford. That, that's what that's about, dude. What do you think you're fooling? Okay, I, I could see that a mile away. I could see that shit." You were having, you know, like as a father, you stopped it because you did not want to see your son getting mangled like he was about to get mangled in there. Okay, so credit to you. But just say I stopped it because I know my son and I know I know what was about to happen. And I don't want that to happen to, to, to my fighter, my son. I don't want that to happen. Just be honest. Stop saying, oh, I did it because, you know, preparation. So, you know, I already knew that I was going to stop it. Now, I waited till the second knockdown to stop it, even though I, you supposedly knew he wasn't that prepared. Get the fuck out of here, bro. Okay? Look, I got to agree with you, and I'm going to add this. I, I said this earlier. Um, to I said it to 
various people I've spoken to, I said it last night on Ringside Reporter, to me it sounded like he stopped it because of spite. You know, and spite is not a reason to stop a fight. Um, it's even worse when you're doing it and your son is is the is the boxer, you know. I brought this up on Ringside Reporter yesterday, but, you know, imagine Belichick, you know, in Tom Brady's headset in his in his in his helmet and he's telling him to run certain routes or pass to certain routes and Brady's seen other things and doing that. And he's like, you know what? Super Bowl over. He's not listening to me. He just threw an interception. We're going to stop right here. I mean, that's not a re like you don't do that. Right. Substitute any team, any sport, right? It could be uh, Thomas Tuchel with, with, with Chelsea or whatever. I mean, it's it's not a reason to stop a fight. And, you know, one of the uh, different things that you may not know about Maestro, you know, he's accused of being a hater, right? And all of these other things. But, you know, I grew up a, a fan of a show called Seinfeld, okay? And uh, there was an episode where, Jerry was trying to return some clothing um, because of spite. And uh, the lady wasn't really having it. And here's a quick uh, show of that. Excuse me, I'd like to return this jacket. Certainly. May I ask why? For spite. (laughs) Spite? That's right. I don't care for the salesman that sold it to me. I don't think you can return an item for spite. What do you mean? Well, if there was some problem with the garment, if it were unsatisfactory in some way, then we could do it for you. But I'm afraid spite doesn't fit any of our conditions for a refund. That's ridiculous. I want to return it. What's the difference what the reason is? So look, it's not a reason to return clothing. It's not a reason to stop basketball or soccer or football matches. And it's not a reason to stop a fight. I get it. He wasn't following everything you wanted him to do in the ring. I get it. He didn't do everything you wanted him to do in training. But, I mean, spite ain't a reason to stop a fight. It just isn't. So, look, uh, look, as for what happened in the ring, we can get to that really briefly. Okay? Um, Porter did what Porter does. He measures out his guys. He takes them rounds. He figures them out. And he stops them. It's literally what he's done against everyone at welterweight. This was no different. I thought that the interesting part at the end was that he said that the Jeff Horn, and believe it or not, Kenny, the Felix Diaz fight, which we were live to see, were actually tougher fights for him. Uh, what are your thoughts on his performance, Crawford, that is, and what are your thoughts on those statements? Uh, I think Crawford looked amazing, and I could definitely see why uh, Felix Diaz and Jeff Horn were his most difficult fights, uh, because Felix Diaz and Jeff Horn were using their actual physical strength to push him around uh, and try to keep him against the ropes. And it wasn't more; it wasn't all about throwing punches. There was a lot of physical brutality in that, which was expected to come from Sean Porter as well. Because Felix Diaz is like a left-handed Sean Porter at a lower weight class. But that did not happen. Sean Porter did not bring the pressure nor the aggression. And so, of course, Sean Porter was much easier. Sean Porter was in there trying to do the boxing uh, that he doesn't really have that much skill in. You know, his boxing ability is minimal next to his brawling football player ability that he's used to get him to where he's at in his career. Uh, I could definitely see the Jeff Horn and... and um, 
why well, I just lost his name. I'm bad with names. Uh, Felix Diaz. You're Felix Diaz. There we go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I definitely see how they were more different, more difficult fights because they actually tried to impose their will. They used their body. They tried to keep him against the ropes. They 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 held a lot. They um they did come with power. I mean, Porter has power, but Porter was in there trying to box, like I said. And when he was in there, that he was close trying to throw punches. Not too many of them were landing. It'd be a lot of blocked punches, and then one of them would land, and it looked like if Porter got, uh, excuse Crawford got stunned because he'd like move out the way or whatever, move sideways. You know, uh, Porter didn't really impose the ferocity that he should have. I think this fight could have been much closer and potentially ended much earlier if uh, Porter would have tried to do what he regularly does. Um, and I definitely think uh, uh, Terrence Crawford looked he looked great out there. He 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 did what he regularly does, but I think he started a little earlier than usual. Regularly, he waits around three and four to start. He started around round two this time, and it's because Sean Porter tried to have a very fast start on him, but he tried to have a very fast boxing start, not a very fast brawling start, how he should have. Um, yeah, I, I think he did everything that he should have, and this should definitely open the door for Spence for him. And if he can get the Spence fight and that fight does happen and he does win against Spence, then I definitely think he can call his own shots and be his own man. But great performance. Uh, I think Sean Porter definitely employed the wrong game plan. And I think Sean Porter probably looked in better shape than he did when he fought Spence against Crawford. He looked faster. He just employed the wrong game plan. I hear you. And before I get to you, D-Style, I want to get to Mr. Afro Rican G. Okay, dímelo, mi negro. He tried to work, but Bud was holding too. Yeah, I mean, Bud was holding. Bud, again, there was a round, I forget what round it was, where it like ended and Bud literally just ragdolled him into the ropes. And I'm like, yep, this is over. Um, before the fight, I was saying, look, People underestimate this dude's strength. His first fight at welterweight was against a super strong guy in Jeff Horn who literally bullied Manny Pacquiao um, and won a decision in Australia. He did not allow Jeff Horn to bully him. And that fight told me a lot in terms of the potential of Sean Porter being able to bully Terrence Crawford. In other words, I knew that he wouldn't be able to. Um, I knew D-Style knew that as well. I know you did as well. Uh, but what were your thoughts, D-Style, on hearing, or I'm, I'm giving you the quote, I don't know if you did hear it, but he did say this, you can trust me on that, that Felix Diaz and Jeff Horn were tougher fights for him. It is surprising that he would say that, but hey, it's how he, it, that's, he's the one that fought them, so I, who am I to say right? And, and, and sometimes... A fight could be wide on the scorecards, but it could be tough for the guy that's winning, right? It, it just depends on the fight. Like, like a 10-point must system doesn't really tell us the story of every fight. It's, it's not a perfect scoring system. Nothing really is. But we could watch a fight and say, man, that's a tough fight. But you could still have, you know, one of the guys winning most of the round. It's kind of like Munguia Rosado. I thought it was a very competitive fight, a tough fight for Munguia, but it was lopsided in – in the scoring for me, right? Just as an example, um, this one was close on the scorecards, closer in those two fights. That's for sure. You know what I mean? And, um, but I feel like 
Crawford was still in control. Uh, he was still neutralizing him on the inside. He was the, the, the counter left was beautiful in this fight, and I think went unnoticed by a lot of people. The body shots were precise. I mean, just look at when he dropped him. He he when he dropped Porter. There's a still picture when Porter's getting up, and you see that like the red welts on his rib cage. Like this dude was getting punished with the body, right? And I remember texting you guys and saying, you know what? I feel like it's uh, those old school games in Street Fighter with the health bars on, on the top, you know, and I felt as, as like I just felt like Porter was just exerting more energy. I felt like this guy had his, his energy is already flashing red, right? And Crawford has more than 50% left, right, with three rounds to go. And, and he drops the guy twice. He's about to unleash on him. Everybody knows what's about to happen, right? I mean, it was just a coronation that we were waiting for at that point. And I just wanted to add one more thing. Um, Amilcar, I, I get your point about him being spiteful. And maybe that's what it is. I'm, I'm not saying I'm in Kenny Porter's head. I think Kenny Porter loves his son, and he's willing to be the fallout, fallout guy. He's willing to be the bad guy. Okay. He's, he'll rather people attack him and be like, oh, how could he do that to your son? And he'll rather that than the whole world know that his son could never beat Terrence Crawford. I think that that, that, that would be too much for him to let the world know. I think that's why I, I believe that's why he threw in the towel. Yeah, I mean, my, I, I agree with you in terms of why he threw in the towel 100%. So my issue was not even with that. As a father, seeing your son getting beat up, like, I would do the same thing. But, you know, um, my issue was more with the statements um, where he essentially blames his son uh, for not training the right way. Um, and then I came to that conclusion also because of, like, the footage we saw in the blood, sweat, and tears, you know, montage, mini docs, whatever you want to call them, that they always release, release as pre-fight publicity where he was, like, yelling at his father in the ring or that his son in the ring for, like, listening to Sean Porter, not listening to Kenny Porter. Kenny, as he was shaking your head. So I'm guessing you saw that, that too, and what I'm talking about. But let me get to a super chat real quick. My brother Drew is back. He says, damn, them pay-per-view numbers are out and not good per Kevin Ioli. Uh, I have not seen those reports yet. Um, I know. I mean, were they 250,000? 250. Mm. I'm sure we'll talk about, I'm sure my brother Ness from the Boxing Voice, who's in the chat, will talk about that on one of his shows this week. Shout out to Ness. Shout out to Ness. Salute my brother Ness. Um, he's going to get in the nitty gritty of those numbers and what they mean in the boxing landscape. I'll tell you what that means to me right now. It means that uh, Spence is going to be saying, yo, this is what I did against Sean Porter. This is what I did against Danny Garcia. This is what I did against Mikey Garcia. <laughs> Look at what you did against Sean Porter. I'm demanding 70-30 split. Um, uh, we can expect some of that, I think. Kenny, what are your thoughts? 70-30 <laughs> split. God damn it. Look, honestly, if... if, if I, I, I know, I know, I know. I, I just think that that's crazy and excessive. If I was Terrence Crawford, I'd be like, look, bro, give me 60-40. I just want to whoop your fucking ass. 
Let's give me the contract. 60 40. I take it. You know, you, you want 70 30? Give it to me. I take it. Because after I whoop your fucking ass, I'm taking all your fans and I'm the A side. Fuck your fake ass A side and all your fake ass pay per view buys. That's what I'd say. Um, but it does give uh, give him a chance to make that excuse. I hope I hope Spence does not make that excuse. You know, uh, f- from what I've seen in his character from beforehand, he seems like he's willing to fight everybody. Uh, he seems like he'd put up a good fight. Although from what I saw, I definitely think that Terrence Crawford would probably figure Spence out too and potentially lay the KO down on him too if it's not a 12-round fight. But... Yeah, I I think that that's stupid. I hope it doesn't happen. I'm really hoping it doesn't happen. These people and their pay-per-view numbers and all their buys and stuff. Look, eventually, if you fight the right people and you fight everybody, you become Canelo. You know what I'm saying? That should be everybody's motto. Fight everybody and become the cash cow. Become Canelo. You know what I'm saying? And then, and then can nobody say anything about your legacy? Can nobody say anything about the money you're making or the or the views you're demanding for pay-per-view? Nobody can say anything about you going to the Hall of Fame. They can't say anything about anything. You are the man, and everybody has to shut the fuck up about it, you know? Facts. Uh, D-Style, before I get to you, I got to get to a couple supersets. Drew is back again. He says it's 190K. Thank you for those insights, Drew. Um, you know, the boxing voice, my brother Ness. He's uh, saying poor numbers. Isan also saying poor numbers as well. Um, no pals coming with the jokes. He says great numbers. Uh, new pay per view king above tank. <laughs> I was on a, uh, I think it was on Ness's channel on the Boxing Voice where someone was on there with us, a young lady. I forget what her name was, but she was making out that Tank is a pay per view star. Um, okay. Don't really know if I buy that one. Drew is back again. He says Thurman is still the A side in the vision over Bud and Spence with his pay-per-view numbers. Uh, that actually might be true. Uh, D-Style, any thoughts on anything before you got to go? I know you said you got to get out of here to set up the second hour of the Monday Night Wars. It's HCP Uncensored because it's Monday. It's HCP is war uh he's gonna be going live on g funky boxing pretty soon d style anything else you want to touch upon before you get up out of here well one i mean if the numbers aren't good that then bully me aram's gonna be i guess relieved that he no longer needs to pay that guarantee to crawford so it, it might be a mutual split you know what i mean um that's all i gotta say about that so Look, Crawford does make a lot of money guarantee. Like, he's got to deliver something with the numbers. You know what I mean? And, of course, the promoter has a lot to do with that, but it is it is what it is. Look at that, $6 million guarantee. So, I mean, there's a lot there that you need to sell to break even, at least. You know, not to mention what they have to pay Sean Porter. But this also shows you. Remember when Sean Porter was asking, like, he wanted all this money from top rank. And a lot of these fighters live, live in a world where, like, they want to get paid money that they just don't generate, you know? And look, I'm not mad if fighters that want to get paid. Fight for your money. And if you're offered money, get your money. So don't don't get me wrong. But from a consumer's perspective, I mean, these guys are making a ridiculous amount of money. And, and, and Crawford, I get you want the Spence fight. But if you did do half on paper than Errol Spence did, 
okay, with with the same opponent, then you should take less money. It doesn't mean you're less of a fighter. It just means that you just don't sell what Errol Spence sells. And, and, and I mean, that's just, that's just, it's not a matter of who who's better and who's this and who's that. I think Crawford beat Spence. I've always said that, right? But if you're confident you could beat him, right, take the 40%. I think that's more than reasonable. You beat Spence, and then you reap the rewards of it. It's a legacy fight. It's a money fight. And after that, you'll be a bigger star. You'll be a bigger name after that. So just consider that. I want to thank you for having me on. Shout out to Maestro. Shout out to El Ejecutor of HCP, Kenny T. Shout out to everybody. And I'll see you at HCP Uncensored. HCP is war. And I'm out of here. Peace out. It absolutely is. Shout out to Capitan of HCP. And that's coming from the NCP. El Negrito Causando Panico. That's me. That's me. Negrito, ya tu Let's go. Drew, super chat again. This was the first PPV using the UFC model. We're strictly digital, so no cable and satellite companies getting a percentage. So the fight made money. That's not a bad point, Drew. It's actually a really good point. Basically, what Drew's saying is that uh, typically when pay-per-views are sold through cable and satellite operators, those outlets get a huge chunk. Back in the day, it used to get, it was 50. Uh, more recently, it's been dropped a little bit, but it's still a big percentage. When ESPN distributes it exclusively through ESPN+, Plus, they keep all of it. So they can pay the fighters more because what they pay the cable outlets, they can keep more for themselves and pay the fighters more. So that's actually a really good point, Drew. Um, no doubt about that. Yes. Uh, the fight won't be happening on ESPN Plus, though, unless he does a one-fight contract with Bob Arum. Exactly. Uh, so here's the thing. And this is what I want to ask you, Kenny, because I can see kind of two sides to this argument, right? I think there's valid points on both sides. Did Terrence Crawford prove that he's the number one welterweight in the world, whichever you... Whichever side you take, I'm just going to run through the arguments on the other side. Go for it. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, that's a uh, that's a very debatable question. Mm-hmm. Um, really? I definitely have to say that he hasn't proven because to prove you have to beat the other potential top best fighter that there is in that division. And there's only other one potential top best fighter in that division. And it's Errol Spence. Do I think Errol Spence is better than him? The the answer to that question is no. Uh, uh, Terrence Crawford is more versatile uh, and seems to be very comfortable in counterpunching and comfortable in taking the risk to get the, the, the power hit down on the other guy. Um, yeah, I, I definitely, uh, the eye test says that he's the best in the division, but no, he has not proven anything. So he does fight the other potential best in the division. That's my take on that. It's a very good take. Kenny, I've asked our community here on uh, Maestro A. Boxing, boxeo, to chime in on it. Box, si tu parles français, you speak French. Um, 
I'm, I'm gonna vote yes to that one. Yeah, I mean, look, the eye test. Go ahead. The eye test says it, it, that's a yes or no question. The my eye test says if him and Spence fought, mm. it's gonna be a either a twelve round decision for Crawford or or a ten to twelve round late fight knockout. Like it was gonna be with with, with uh, Porter. By the way, I did predict that Porter was gonna get knocked out last show between round ten and twelve, and my prediction was correct. Let's fucking go. Yeah, sorry. Uh, somebody was trying to connect. I'm I'm not gonna answer that tonight because we got to wrap up. But look, there's two sides to that argument. Number one, he did something that Spence and no other welterweight Thurman couldn't do it. You know, Garcia couldn't do it. Um, obviously Errol Spence Jr. couldn't do it. They couldn't knock out Sean Porter, right? He knocked out Sean Porter. But the flip side of that is Sean Porter was also beat by Kelbrook, right? And by Thurman and by Spence. So does beating that guy make you the best when you're doing something in winning, not knocking out, but winning, that other people have already done. On paper, it doesn't make you the best, I think. I, I think that what comes down to it is like the eye test result. Kenny, you alluded to that. But look, it's an open debate, and it will be an open debate for as long as it lasts. So, uh, got to get to the last and final topic of the day uh, before we get to something else actually we got two more topics first kenny real quick what do you think about canelo moving up to 200 what are your thoughts because i've given my thoughts on this multiple times i think it's great right so uh, apply everybody who's watching the show apply this this mentality to your life and tell me if you think you'd win or if you take the challenge right all right I weigh 230 pounds. Take my 230 pounds. You add from, let's say, 168, right? Let's say, let's just make it with flat 170 to make these numbers easy, right? Uh, let's say 170, 200 pounds. That's 30 pounds. He's adding the weight. That means me, 230, uh, add 30 pounds, 260 to somebody that I'm away. That is also uh, Canelo's 5'9". The guy, I think, is 6'1". That's like four inches taller. So I'm a fight. I'm 6'3". 230. I'm gonna fight a guy who's 6'7, 6'8, 260, and uh in another weight class. Would y'all take that challenge? I would take it. I think Canelo's going for greatness. I take it because I'm a little crazy and I'm in the gym 24-7 and I feel I could take a hell of a lot of hits, but I think I'd ultimately ultimately lose the fight. I take it off of pride. Yeah, for pride. There you go. So look, before we get to uh Send everybody over to our brother channel, G Funky Boxing for HCP. Because <coughs> it is Monday night, which means it's HCP is war. Okay, it's the NCP part of the HCP handing over to G Funky uncensored. All right. El Negrito causando panico. I came up with that today on HCP. But look. We got to get into something. You know, I got a pump bunch of people tweeting at me today, calling out Maestro, saying that I'm a hater and how dare I do these different comments I've been making and this and that. You know, look, 
I got to keep it real with you guys. I'm going to be 100% honest. I don't have hate in my heart for any fighter out there. In fact, I love all fighters because they do things that we do not do, and they do them for our entertainment. And it takes a lot of cojones to get into the ring and do what these guys do. But look, at the same time, these fighters are public figures. And if they do clown shit or corny shit that I think is corny, bros, I'm a content creator. I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to laugh about it. I'm going to have discussions about it. And at the end of the day, you know, I thought this was over, but in the famous words. That's when I thought I was out. They pulled me back in. They pulled me back in the clout gate. What can I say? I thought it was over. I thought it was over like Kenny Smith with Vince Carter. It's over. It's over, ladies and gentlemen. But apparently it's not over um, because people are like, oh, well, my Astro, you need to have the same energy. You didn't have the same energy for Shakur when Shakur went on stage. Shakur went on stage and, you know, why didn't you call that clout chasing? So let's Big have a look real quick at what people are talking about. And then we'll actually have a look at what really happened. And if anyone doesn't remember, Maestro hurt some feelings because I did this and I laughed at it. And I did that after I did this and I called it clout chasing. Like I said, guys, I didn't want to do this, but... Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. They pulled me back in. I didn't have a choice. I got to defend myself. So here we go. Here we go. So look, make sure I'm not interfering at all with the video. So Terrence also make sure make sure y'all catch the correct link to the uh uncensored the ACP uncensored if D style just posted it will be done here in in, the, in about two minutes and yeah, you guys two, get over two minutes, there. two minutes tops so here we go here we go Kenny let's have a look real real quick champion of the world pound for pound number one fighter in the world right here you didn't play the you didn't play the whole clip though. In in, in the in the earlier part of the clip. I gotta go back. Thank Kenny. you guys, Terrence. You wanna... Kenny's always on point. Kenny's keeping my throat in line. Okay. The coach Kenny T. For those of you who don't know, this is an amazing strength and conditioning guy. Some of these boxers could really take advantage, but let's go. Thank you guys, Terrence. Do you wanna uh, have one last statement before you go? Floor is yours. <clears throat> yeah. Um Let's go, man. Me and Shakur fighting for his title. He got his little belt. <laughs> you know what I mean? My little brother got his little belt. You know what I mean? Shout out to my little bro, man. He the next one. I'm telling y'all right now, and I've been telling y'all for years, he going to be the next undisputed champion of the world, pound for pound, number one fighter in the world right here. Kenny Amilcar. Maestro, you didn't call that a clout chase. How, how could you not do that? You I'll keep the same energy, Kenny. Kenny, keep the same energy. That's clout chasing. 
Come on, Kenny. He's nah. on stage with the belt. That's clout chasing. Come nah, on, man. man. Come on, well, you know that's clout chasing, Kenny. It, there's there's a big difference. See, um, at the end right here, uh, Terrence Crawford. They say, Terrence, is there anything else you want to say, Terrence? And he he takes his last moment where he could say, Oh, I'm the greatest. Oh, whatever. Oh, and he says, Shakur, you know, and shouts out Shakur, whatever. Let's fight for your little bro, little belt, bro. Shout out to you to you for having the belt. Yada yada yada. That's and he and then he calls uh, Shakur up on stage and they take a picture together. He doesn't exactly say, "Hey Shakur, come take a picture with me," but he clearly is talking about the guy and calling the guy up. In the Canelo video, I didn't hear Canelo say, "Buenos mi gente, eh, me gustaría llamar a este a Tiofimo López, el otro hombre que tiene las todas eh, eh, correas de esta división." No, no, I didn't hear him say any of that. I didn't hear him saying it in English either. So there we go. <laughs> there uh, we and, go. And, I, and I, I know that, you know, none of this energy is necessarily directed towards me, but I always keep, you know, everything exactly the same way. And, and I always speak facts. And the fact is that I didn't hear Canelo calling anybody up on stage, but I'm, I did hear Terrence calling people up on stage. And no, no, I'm sorry, but at the end of the day, Canelo didn't call Teo up. Canelo had zero to say about Teofimo Lopez. And Teofimo Lopez had not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, but six belts, including two WBC belts. But you know what? Oh, Maestro, you're a hater. You're such a hater, Maestro. Keep it the same. Keep the same energy. Come on, Maestro. Matter of fact, it's more like this. Maestro, you hate Delvima Lopez. Stop it. Stop it. I, I can't take it anymore. Okay, well, look. <laughs> if you don't believe me, okay, believe video evidence of what actually happened in this situation. The Iconic. fact is, Canelo, uh, sir, Teo went to that fight with belts. Shakur Stevenson didn't. He didn't go there. Check this out for all of those who don't believe me. Have a look at this. This is courtesy of ES News. Usually I don't like ES News, but he came with some evidence here. Wait, did you get your belt tonight? Oh, my belt. Let's see it really quick. Why did you bring it with you to the fight? You just got it. They just, they just gave it to me at the fight. You know, Haven't they heard of UPS? You heard Terrence Crawford say that his little brother just got his belts. He literally just got his belts on that night at the fight. Well, it's good that you have it. Let's see it. Does it have your name on it? Yep. Oh, that's badass. <laughs> tail feet sorry not tail female terrence crawford was big up shakur stevenson for the fact that he just got his belt delivered to him from the wbo guys you're being silly are you why don't you just wear it on you the whole time right here i don't know because he's not a clout chaser god damn it exactly thank you very much kenny well said look the facts are the facts ladies and gentlemen i'm keeping the same energy Maestro keeps the same energy. But you want to know? I got a question for all of y'all real quick. Okay? Because you got people that say, Maestro, keep the same energy. Keep the same energy. Stop it. How dare you say these things about Teofimo? How dare you do it? Don't ever insult him. Don't ever call him bad names. You went too far. You went too far, Maestro. You know what? Well, I got something to say to you people. Keep the same energy.
when it comes to this. When I knock this nigga out, watch this shit. How y'all gonna I don't want you guys stepping up to us after we fucking knock your ass out. What did I ever say about him that is as bad as what he just said to Devin Haney and what his dad just said? If you didn't catch it, I'm going to play it again. When I knock this nigga out, watch this shit. How y'all gonna I don't want you guys stepping up to us after we fucking knock your ass out. A man that claims to be Spanish. You just heard what he said to the dude. So look, and that's, by the way, Spanish from Spain, for those of you that don't know. So look, let's just leave it there. I'm out of this right now, okay? But if anybody bring this back up, it's this again. That's when I thought I was out. They pulled me back in. And I'm going to leave it at that. Kenny, any last words on Mano a Mano Live? It's been great, y'all. If you don't follow the show, follow the channel, subscribe, hit the like button. We appreciate y'all for always coming back and watching. Y'all have a good night. Absolutely. That is it. We are out. And it is Mono a Mono Live. Go check out G Funky and ACP Uncensored. Ahora mismo. Ahora. Click the button. Go.